0: you an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. And all that is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another NRL All-Stars podcast. This is Barnsley back for the Supercoach episode of the week. And it's actually the last round Supercoach episode. TLT around 25. We are going to do a Supercoach Roundup episode next week. Billy's going to come back on board and we're going to have a look at the season that was for Supercoach. The and Footy episodes are going to continue on. We're going to do those through the finals and everything, so you'll get the one episode a week of actual footy talk. But yeah, last actual TLT Supercoach episode. And for this one, we've got a debutant, a guy that I talk to quite a bit but uh, hasn't been on this podcast yet. Been on Wilfred's Champions podcast and uh, is a Fantastic bloke who I think everybody knows in the supercoach world and the rugby league world. Uh, The the guy behind Wacko's Whispers, Andy Jacko. Andy, welcome for your debut, mate, on the NRL All-Stars podcast. It's nice to chat to you on here.
1: Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks
0: for having me on. Um,
1: Yeah, looking forward to the final round of the year.
0: Yes, indeed. Um, And it's sort of, uh, I guess, a bit deflating at the moment because a lot of coaches have just gone through the head-to-head finals um, and even the, uh, you know, they had the the bottom eight stuff just to keep people interested in the, in the head-to-head leagues with the teams that didn't go well and, and all that's over with now. So really the last round now that they've changed the schedule for Coach is just all about finishing better overall. Um, but last round was pretty deflating because it was a really tough round, Andy. Like, I don't know how you went, but like I had a 1179 uh, which was okay, but I ended up losing f- my three head-to-heads by about twenty to thirty points each, uh, pretty close. So <laughs> I don't know if you went any better in your head-to-heads or what sort of round you had.
1: No, I didn't make any finals. I actually had a twelve eighty back-to-back for the last two weeks. Massive. So um, started off fairly well with um, basically i when when. Um, uh, Pappy went down. I I went Gufferson over Mitchell, so I had Gufferson last week and Papa Lee and a few guys. And after Friday night, I was sitting on 500 after five players. Um, but unfortunately, I had the captain on Hines and um, lost Cook also, and um, it wasn't a too bad a round. No,
0: 1280 is a really good score last round. That would have won um, all the the few GFs that I did make it to. That would have won all of them pretty easily. So that was actually a pretty good round of footy for you, Super Coach. Um. It's interesting because the last round, we did have good scoring, but it was weird scoring. Like, we had 15 tons scored, and that's good. Like, if you get 1,500 pluses in a round, that's a pretty good round. Only five of them weren't pods, though. And I'm talking, like, most of them were extreme pods. Like, it was interesting because, like, you mentioned Gutherson. He had the best score of the round at 159. Only 5.4% owned. Uh, I actually... Half-talked a couple of people off getting Brimson a few weeks ago, and I feel bad for that now because he threw up 139 at 2.4% ownership. And then you had these other guys as well that were sort of interesting. I've spoken about Hudson Young on the podcast heaps the last month. I've really liked him as a pod. 2.3% ownership. He threw up 111. And then you also had the blow-ins, right? Like There were guys that just were fill-ins like Sean O'Sullivan for the Panthers, came in, scored 110 points uh, in that massive route that the Panthers were a part of. So... It was a bit of a mixed round because the scoring was there, but it wasn't there for a lot of teams, right? Because a lot of these guys were pods and nobody was throwing them into their sights. It, it's okay for
1: me, considering I'm starting those double and there's half back in one of my draft leagues, so um wasn't too bad <laughs> in, in one of my dynasty drafts.
0: Well, that worked out well.
1: Yeah, not too bad. Did you
0: win the draft one,
1: at least? No, it's it's basically it's it's a over it's a yearly thing. I won it my first year, and I haven't been going the last few years. I have been going well the last few years, but I got Mitchell as my captain, so it, it's not too bad. Oh, that's good. The last few weeks
0: is late. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, look, it was. I think it was a disappointing round for a lot of super coaches. The other thing too is that obviously hardly anyone's got any trades left, uh, so that goes straight into the carnage this TLT for round twenty-five. And I think that we all sort of saw this coming, but like, I don't know. It, for me, and we're going to go through each team, so we'll certainly get to the Panthers, but for me, every year you kind of get these rumours and, and you'd know all about it because I'm sure that you get told 50 different from all the teams and stuff. Um, and, you know, you're probably following up heaps of these guys are all going to get rested and then all of a sudden we get to TLT and, and they don't, and that generally happens. Like you get some restings around 25 and some guys out, but not as many as what, you know, people are thinking with all the rumours and stuff and and talk of who's going to be out. This is one where it was sort of like, oh, the Panthers are gonna rest pretty much the whole side and you went, Oh, they're not gonna rest that many. And they're all rested. Like, I don't recall it ever a team resting that many players before. Well, the the way the way I
1: thought about it today is they did it last year. Worked. So that's why they're going back to it this year. But the other interesting thing with the Panthers is their New South Wales Cup team pretty much their third string team going into the finals this week, but they've got a matchup where um, in the New South Wales Cup final, um, it's basically, even if they lose, they've got a second chance. So it's sort of, I understand that. But then also they've got the Jersey flag in the semis also, and that's pretty they're pretty much Jersey Jersey flag teams up in uh, Reggie's, and it's a second-string Jersey flag team going in the finals. But in saying that, a lot of the players that are playing in the New South Wales Cup team have been, have come up during the year, you know, free, uh, so they've got a couple of games experience, so they're not going in as rookies sort of thing. So um be interesting to see how both those teams go in the New South Wales Cup and Jersey flag on the weekend also.
0: Yeah, I, look, I'm not a fan of it. Like, I, I understand we're seeing some key players, but I just think it's starting to get overboard. But that's a bit of a... That's a bit of a Barnesy rant that I have on the talk and footy episode because it, it sort of it's starting to get out of hand. And I mean, a question for you because I obviously think that I know something about footy or just a little bit at least to talk about it a bit. But even I was scratching my head trying to think about how it works with the thirty man squads. Like they've they're pulling up a lot of players. Surely I, I didn't think that all those players that the Panthers are playing are in their thirty man squad that they can actually name. Yeah, correct.
1: But with COVID. So, I'm cough, cough. they're able to bring up anyone who's actually on a, like a trial and train contract. So, that's something that's changed. That may change next year or not. But um, yeah, there's a few few guys like the, the yeah, there's a few guys that you haven't heard of like Jack Cole and so on and so forth. But the other ones like Liam Hendry, right, who's been named on the bench for Panthers. He goes into the development squad next year and could be a. You know, it's a decent middle in years to come with them losing a few players here and there through the squad mm. due to salary cap in the coming years. So there's always a, a name to come out of the, the group of players that are probably
0: playing the weekend for the Panthers to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I mean, that'll be one, one good thing. I mean, I was just trying to get my head around that whole 30-man squad thing because I know in the past they've obviously had to get exemptions and things. And I sort of thought to myself as well during the week with all these rumours, not not remembering the, the, COVID, the different rules with COVID and stuff that have come in, that geez, there's no way that the NRL is going to okay exemptions just because they want to rest, you know, their 10th, 11th, 12th player. You know, like, I just thought the NRL would just knock it on the head and then only be able to rest sort of six or seven. But yeah. um, obviously with those changes, like you said.
1: Well, going off all the, all the, I try and keep an eye, an eye on like who's training with this first grade squad during the pre season and so on and so forth. The only name from the Panther squad that I don't have training with in this pre season, it might be an oversight sort of thing, was Jack Cole, who's come on to the bench. Other than that, all those other players have been part of the squad. Preston Wickey came over from the Warriors. Um, there's another young kid from Queensland, Lesaki, had an injury last year and has been playing Jersey Fleck and had an odd game in New South Wales Cup. But, yeah, to, to me, they're all names I know, but they're, they're not, you know, first-graders. They're Reggies or, um, you know, or Jersey Fleck players. It's like Eddie Blacker. I've had a few raps on, like, um, him for the last few years, but he just hasn't had the opportunity and has been hampered by injuries also.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, look, it's opens up a can of worms here because if you've got trades, you're still going to be burnt probably. You know, there's teams that might have two trades and a boost and be able to trade three players and they still could end up in trouble because the other thing that might happen this round is that we might get some last minute rest too. Um, One of the points that I made with the Panthers resting so many players is I sort of thought, you know, that's sort of an extreme measure when teams can rest less, but just play them less. Um, So like, I mean, I would have, You know, you can obviously play Kikau and um, Fisher-Harris for 35 minutes instead of their normal stints, for instance. I sort of thought that that sort of thing might not happen. But whilst it hasn't happened in this Panthers game, it's still going to be a worry in some of these other games. But I don't think many coaches are going to have much to choose from as far as options are trying to avoid it. So we're not going to talk about it too much. Let's go through the teams in, in each match. I think the first match is a really good one in that... It's the first match of the round, so you can know if there's any changes, but both of these teams have something to play for. So Eels vs Storm, that's four and five. So they're going to be jostling for a top-four spot. So I wouldn't have expected that we're going to have any carnage from this. Um, the team news for the Eels was 1-22, to the same as what it was last week. Uh, we've only got Tom Eisenhoof out for the Storm because of his injury last week. Both these guys, I, I would expect to come out full steam ahead and just be to get their top-four spot. So if there's any saving grace for super coaches, it's probably that these two sides are going to come out as per program. But, I mean, how do you see this one? Is there any rumblings or anything else happening with the Storm or the Eels?
1: No, not really. Probably you'll see with the Eels, Nakora start with Maddo back on the bench like they've done the last couple of weeks. Um, Yeah, with the Storms, there's plenty of rumours about them at the moment. But um, being interested in seeing Nelson start on the edge the last few weeks and then. Um, moving in the middle and getting to Jared last week, which was fairly interesting. Um, so I'll be interested to see if um, we see any time this week with Nelson out on the edge.
0: Yeah, it will be. He's he's obviously been controversial in, uh, in what's been going on, but he's actually been pretty good out on the edge until last game. But I mean, last game wasn't good for any Storm players, really. Um, I think the big thing is in this one, it's it's going to be at home for the Eels, uh, and that might be a big deal for them. Um, the Storm and the Roosters played a pretty brutal match last week, so it might come out this week. Uh, there has been some rumours of, um, of you know guys being busted and stuff a little bit in last week's clash. It, it's interesting because how confident are you with these Eagles players? We had Gutherson score 159 last week. Papali scored 123. Sevo's actually been going really well. Um, he's got a five-round average of 65. Scored 84 points last round. He's only had the one real real dud round. Um, All these Eels players look like they're in really good form. And playing at home for Supercoach, if you did have choices this week, Andy, I'd actually normally be really keen to start, you know, the Moses, the Seibos, the Papalias, the Guthersons, I'd be riding them. And Sean Lane is probably my number one Eel that I don't know that I'm scared of. Had 105 points last week and absolutely tore up the Broncos edge, as we kind of expected. And he's now got a three-round average of 82 A five-round average of almost 87 points. Absolutely killing it. But we saw the Storm really grind out and be brutal last week. If they're fighting for a top-four spot, do you you think that these eel super-coach options that have been so good lately are going to get blunted? And maybe you should even consider putting them on the side and and playing someone else if you actually have that luxury in your side? Yeah, probably.
1: As an owner of uh, all those players, Gutho, Lane, Papali... I'm, I'm in a position that I'll play him, and also I am those, so I'll play him all, but I'm actually got to play penace this week also, but um I'm not sure whether he's uh, right right or left yeah. no he's marking up on all, of them, so um yeah uh, not not good there, but what can they do with your main and uh, Tago resting? so um interesting to see what happens, but yeah, it should be an awesome game, probably see also maybe. Like the last few weeks, there, Melbourne storms rotated, where King goes back to the bench and maybe Smith starts. Um, not sure whether Lewis plays; been um, been dropped for the last few weeks also. So, be interesting to see the makeup of the storm bench.
0: Yeah, for sure. And look, when you are looking back to round three, uh, there was some storm, There were some Eels players that really fired at Amy Park last time. These guys met um, Clint Gutherson, eighty-one points last time against the Storm, uh, and he played uh, 87, I should say, sorry, and played really well. Um, there's, I don't know, it's it's the first game of the round. So I think, like, talking a bit strategy for this round and with this first game, this is probably, would you agree with me that this is the, 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 the main really safe game where both these sides, you're going to know beforehand anyway, being the first game of the round, they're going to come out per program. So even though it's a tougher matchup, uh that might actually mean that hardly anyone vcs anyone in this on the eel side especially and it might be the player to go well you know what maybe I will vc Clint Gutherson because he's playing at home and I might have all these other options lined up in these other games but depending on how results go they might get pulled rested or played in less minutes and it might just be a wasted vc or c so for me I actually think that it's a bit of a strategy to go you know what if I'm Andy, uh, I might actually VC a Gutherson, um and just sort of ride his 159 last week and how the Eels have been performing. hope the Storm's a bit beaten up because I don't think anyone else is going to really look to this one for a VC. Um, and I certainly wouldn't waste a VC on like a Munster or something. So, you know, what do you think about that with owning all these Eels and also being the late male guru that you are probably having in your back pocket that you'd be pretty worried about some of these other matchups?
1: Yeah, correct. But um, the, the, the way the round could stand up, you have to play them. Just because it's the early game, um, so you don't have really. You, you could if you wanted, if you do have the luxury. But yeah, sort of thing have have to play them, but definitely um, won't play a vice captain on a Thursday night curse, in my opinion.
0: Oh, you're you're um you you're up for the curses, eh? You? you don't you don't like to do the Thursday night curse of the the vice captain. It just. I'm the captain curse for this whole year. So, um, yeah, just don't <laughs> go what I go for. Well, I reckon if you're a gutter owner, you could throw the VC on him, even if you've got like a Mitchell Moses or something. like I think this this is the last round of the season. Have some fun with it. Throw it on someone interesting. Throw it on someone with a ceiling, but do it with someone that not everyone else is going to do. And, and I don't yeah. think many people are going to go for this game.
1: Correct. And with my ranking, it's not really going to matter, is it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you're speaking to most of us there and um, the bloke that's in first is 200 points ahead so he's looking pretty good for this round uh i i'm against uh i'm certainly against the the vc on the um on like munster um and certainly you know harry grant the lesser option and, and i just think that the storm got we're in a real tough tussle last week traveling away from home this week um i'm I think that they could win, but if they do win, it's it's gonna to be tougher. Um I actually think that if there's gonna be upside points, i I reckon it might be on the Eels side more. Uh and I just don't think that Munster's gonna have the big score in him after his twenty-one points last week, which was hugely disappointing. Top sport better the week on this game. Uh I actually like the Eels here. They're they're two dollars and two. Um I like taking the plus one and a half at a dollar ninety. I think the Eels can get it done at Combank Stadium against the storm. So I'm gonna back them, but The Dogs and the Seagulls is the next one. And Andy, this one has no top eight bearing whatsoever. Both of these sides haven't been playing well. Um, As far as the teams go, this is one of those ones where it's not just top eight teams that are affected in the final rounds. The non-top eight teams, as we've seen with the Seagulls, will look to blood some players as well. Um, Weeks, Des has, I thought, looked good. So he's kept him in the number one jumper. Um, uh, Vega, if I've said that right. Um, he's uh, he's retained on that wing spot uh, and they've got some of these other guys like that that have come in. Um, on the flip side too, um, we do have David Pengai Jr. named on the bench for the Bulldogs. Um, it was thought that he probably wouldn't come in because he was playing park footy last week and you know they, it just seemed like they'd given up on him. Um, do you see much changing with either the Bulldogs or the Seagulls with how they've named these sides?
1: Uh, not really. Suppo- uh, from what I read today was Tango Jr. had a pretty good game in New South Wales Cup on the weekend so he um, comes back into the side um, with returns from suspension. Um, only change I can maybe see within the Seagulls um, lineup is um, Croker's been playing Buster the last few weeks, um, copped a bad knock on the weekend so um, they had their uh, 19-year-old hooker by the probably the best name in the rugby league, Gordon Chan-Kum-Tong, um, named on the extended <laughs> bench. So, um, never know. He could uh, make an earn and earn, earn um, NRL debut on the weekend if Scar uh, Crocker doesn't come up at captain's run.
0: Okay, that's a, that's some good tips there on the t- possible changes. Um, for supercoach options, I mean, I don't think many people are going to have trades in hand. Um, but, look, I do think that some of these uh, attacking weapons that aren't going to be owned too much good fire in this one. Matt Burton's been really disappointing lately. He now has a three-round average of 34 and a five-round average of 46, way, way below what he was doing mid-season for his purple patch of two months of footy for Supercoach.
1: In saying that, that, all I'm saying is, what's his price looking like next year?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Because, yeah, look, I'm... Massive Matt Burton fan from someone who owned him for six weeks of that run. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll definitely look at him next year. But i tell you what, like if you don't own him and you have trades, um, he hasn't gone well lately, but against the Seagulls, like the Seagulls look dumb. Like the Raiders just absolutely dismantled them and the Seagulls didn't look like they wanted to be there last week. I I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Burton has a big one this week. So like him and Addo Carr, I could see combining for a couple of tries. And, you know, cast someone else who's been terrible for Supercoach most of the year. But they're the type of things that happened in the last round of footy, don't they, Andy? Like, you get these guys fire up with big scores. And we already saw it last week. 10 out of the 15 top scores were all pods. You know, so, you know, I, I think in this one, I wouldn't be buying any Manly Seagull stock, but I would certainly be buying a Matt Burton stock who was averaging like 87 over a five-round instead of his 46 at the moment if we go back five games Oh, I think that he could be the one to fire in this one.
1: Yeah. Well, you can sort of say this year the um, Manly's Pride scandal's the equivalent of the 2021 Dragons barbecue scandal. So you know what happened last year, and it's probably happened again this year also with um, just a different team.
0: Very, very true, mate. Very true. Um, probably the only Manly possible shining light in this one. Oluquatu has been playing pretty poorly um, by his standards, five-round average of 45, three-round average of 51. But in saying that against the Dogs, um, the Dogs' edges have continued to pay dividends for super coaches. So if I owned Oluquatu, I'd be pretty pretty comfortable with it um, for this game. I'd certainly be playing him if you had like a 22-man squad to choose from. He's in all day for me. But if you don't have him... Four hundred and ninety thousand at the moment. Um, he's a bit of a pod buy now too. And those Bulldogs edges have kept giving up points for Supercoach all year. So a lot of these guys really fire up, I reckon, for the last game too. So he hasn't scored for five weeks now after um not going more than three weeks without a try. So I, I kind of like Olaquatu, but not a huge amount happening in this one, Andy. So we'll we will move on. Um I do like the Canterbury Bulldogs at a dollar fifty. Uh, I do like Josh Anokar at $1.72. If you're going to go, go on topsport.com.au, check out those prices. But the big one, Andy, Roosters and Rabbitohs. This is another huge clash. And I guess the, the scary part for this one is a lot's going to be determined by what happens with the Melbourne Storm and the Eels because that can dictate whether it's going to matter for the Roosters and Rabbits who wins this one. Uh, we've got Paul Momorowski replacing Tupo, who was out injured, and Takiaho replacing Victor Radley, who's out with a concussion this week. Uh, for the Rabbitohs, Cook's out because of COVID still, because of the protocols, and Campbell Graves out as well. So both sides, you know, similarly impacted by injuries that are going to be out. Um, How do you sort of see this? Because I know there's been a lot of debate where Latrell Mitchell's been away um, on his, on his farm and stuff and not with the team, and people thought he was going to play, and Southwood now said that he's going to play, watching NRL 360 tonight. I think James Graham made a great point where it was... You know, they'll play him if it's going to matter. But, you know, if we know from the Eels-Storm game that it's not going to impact the result either way of where they finish on the ladder, then why wouldn't they wrestle Latrell Mitchell? So so what are you hearing or seeing with these two teams?
1: Um, yeah, it was just interesting seeing the team's name with Tass and Nick are both actually named on the bench, but the extended squad with Mamazoulis, who just come back from a roost injury, um, named on the bench to probably probably plays first game since the buys. Um, interesting to see whether Mitchell does play. Who knows? Comes probably down the captain's run. But um, it's like what happened last week with the Rabbitohs, with COVID and Cookie. He even took part of the captain's run and the next thing you know he's out on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, a lot will come down to what happened tonight before in the other game. So, um, all I can say is get your popcorn ready on Friday night, baby.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be a big one. I hope that they both do like just have the teams as per programme because yeah, you know, the Roosters south clashes are always good. Um I I don't know for Supercoach, I mean it's it was a bad game for the Roosters last week for Supercoach purposes. It was a really good win, but by all accounts everyone went pretty poorly except for Joey Martin, who threw up at eighty six. If, if and that's probably one of the things to look out for in this supercoach game, like if the Roosters decide because of the Paris storm, uh, Paris storm game, they they don't care about this game. Tedesco might be someone that gets rested. And if he does, all of a sudden you've got Joey Manu running at fullback. And it would be interesting if Latrell stays and actually plays because it would be Manu versus Latrell. But Joey Manu scored 86 last week in a really tough effort. And we all know that he's a he's easily a ton guy against most opposition when he's got that number one on his jersey. So, he automatically becomes a big beneficiary. I would actually say, you know, as a hundred-plus type of average in a number one jersey, I'd be putting the VC on him versus the at Allianz Stadium this week, and he's probably my big super coach play if teams shift. Well, as a as a person who for some reason
1: bought in Katie Walker last week, um, I might even throw the VC uh, VC on him and um, roll the dice and see how he goes. Um, I have no idea. I just. Remember a few years ago when the person who, um, a few years ago when the super coach leader didn't play um, Cody Walker in the last round of the um, comp and that pretty much cost him the win. So um, always like Cody Walker if you
0: saw me. Well, I've got him because he's stuck around since the buy and I couldn't get rid of him because he didn't have enough trades. So we're in the same boat but for different reasons, Andy. Um, Angus Crichton's been going really well too, playing his old club. The Rabbitohs' edge defense has been a little bit suspect at times. Uh, and since basically the last buy, Angus has hit a lot of weak edges and he's made every one of them pay. Uh, the Dragons, 74 points. The Newcastle edges are really weak, 82 points. The Broncos edges are always susceptible for the last couple of years and he threw 96 points. The Tigers edge is terrible in round 23 through 161 points. The weak edges that uh, Angus has played, uh, he's, he's made him pay the last couple of months. So, you know, I, I actually think that he's probably in for a big one versus Souths as well. Obviously heavily owned. He could be someone, though, where you go, you know what, um, he's one of those shot-in-the-dark in the VCs. And one of the things with the VCs this round too, Andy, is you can probably accept a 100-point score in a lot of teams because there's teams that only have 17 to play or their 18th, 19th man he's going to be as good as as any of their end-of-bench players that they're playing. So it's an easy loop week. So you might be looking at sort of a, a 95 or a 100 and taking that as the free points early on. So Angus might be a bit of a a, a smoky shout-out for the VC. Yeah, correct. You got Angus in your team, I take it?
1: Uh, I start started the year with him, got rid of him, and they only brought him back last week, and that's probably why after he scored against the Tigers, and I probably what killed his score last week. I think he only got 40-odd, didn't he?
0: He did. He got forty three. That sounds like um, a Tigers fan that, that uh, thought that they'd bring him in after you demolished your team, mate.
1: No, not, not really. I, I've actually, I'm, I, in, when I'm with me when it comes to Supercoach, I try and conserve trades. So I've actually still got a trade left this week. So um, be interesting to see what I come up with with the um, at the end of the week because I try not to look at my trades earlier on in the week because. So much can happen, where it changes or whatever. So I have a look on Wednesday, options, and then pretty much Thursday I make the call or whatever, and then I do what I. Do, if you have to do it later on in the week or later on the round or whatever it's so on, and so forth. So yeah, still got a trade this week, so let's see what happens.
0: That's um. That's massive to have a trade left in the last round. I don't think hardly anyone in the top one thousand. Um, has any it's certainly a very small number of people. So yeah, you're doing well with the one trade left. Um when we're looking at the top spot better the week on this one. Uh I look it's a dollar eighty for the Roosters. Um I think how they're named at the moment, I'd probably edge towards going for the Roosters at $1.80, but Jesus it's, it's a tough one to pick. Um I, I think this is one of those scary ones, Andy, where you know, be really careful um with who your reserves and starters are. Like if you've got Clint Gutherson and Latrell Mitchell, Um, you'd almost have to not consider Latrell Mitchell as a C or VC option because you'd have to have the security of of starting Gutho so you can um, not lose or get an AE automatically because if you start Latrell Mitchell, have Gutho already play as your reserve fullback, you're going to be in trouble if Latrell Mitchell doesn't play. So make sure you're really careful with those uh, reserves and starting jerseys that you're handing out to your teams this week for Supercoach. But Latrell Mitchell C this week, if he does play, Here's the other one that you could just go the straight C on him and try and BC earlier because he has been in great form and we all know that he fires up against the Roosters. How do you see this one? Is this going to be another one of his 100-plus pointers, which he's been five-round averaging anyway, or is it going to be a send-off and he's going to get a minus 20 and have 10?
1: Uh, Well, as my captain in my dynasty draft, I hope he cracks out another good score. But all I can really say is um, look forward to another chapter of the Book uh, Book of Feuds being written.
0: Yeah, same. As a Roosters fan, I do enjoy the the rivalry and everything else. Look, you know, it's a five-round average of a hundred, three round average of 99. I will say that the last matchup that Latrell had with the Roosters at the start of the year, he got a 53, uh, and that was a, with a massive 18 base. So he uh, he sometimes when he fires up against the Roosters, he doesn't necessarily score big, even though he might have a pretty big impact. So, you know, there is... The, the, there is an argument to maybe go the VC on him um, being only the third game as well. But let's move along to the fourth game of the round. Saturday night clash. We've got the Warriors and the Titans. Um, Sean Johnson's named uh, Wade Egan and Ewan and Aitken were late withdrawals last week and they're returning. Curran's um, named to start, but he's been moving back to the bench as well for the Titans. Brian Kelly suspended for that send off last week, um, but good news is that David Fafita is actually named despite that uh, either dislocated or broken finger, depending on what the actual diagnosis was. So do you see any late impact for guys that, like David Fafita who are pretty heavily owned, Andy? No,
1: not really. Um, pretty much um, not much happening in this game. The only thing with my team is um, probably surprise of the season who good old both from who I've had my heat uh, side the whole year due to his um, dual status, um... Having to play him this week and he's pretty been pretty much been pretty good uh super coach oh super coach player the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, look, I, I backed um Fafita to to outscoring last week and I, I thought that it Fafita would get a try. Fafita got a try pretty early, but ended up coming off at the forty eight minute mark, and then uh Firmo ended up getting his try, and now that's four in a week for Furmore, eighty-four points, five round average of eighty-three, three round average of ninety-four for Furmore. So Got it wrong with David Fafita last week, but I will say he went off at forty-eight minutes. I reckon that he um, he was going to best firm more if he didn't go off. When we're having a look at someone like Fafita, um, he's playing a Warriors edge that he should absolutely carve up. Hasn't um, played them since round two when he was not playing eighty minutes either and um, was underdone, so it's not a great comparison with his fifty-four points then. I I'd be really surprised if he doesn't just go out with a bang here against the Warriors, but it is at Mount Smart Stadium and the Titans don't travel well. So, you know, obviously you're going to play him, but I don't think that you'd go through the the C or the VC, even on someone like David Fafita with this matchup, although that could be a bit of a smoky, but the Warriors have shown Andy that playing at Mount Smart, it is a little bit of a different proposition than when they're away now.
1: Yeah, correct.
0: Um, few of
1: our uh, betting mates who were um, having discussions with They were trying to get on the Titans. This week, when I was just saying, or everyone was saying, well, the Warriors are playing at home. They're sort of a different proposition at the moment where, you know, I think they pushed, they, they beat the Tigers, they beat the Bulldogs, they pushed the storm. So, um, it's a bit interesting market on betting proposition, whether you back the Titans or the Warriors this week. But personally, Warriors are good things.
0: Yeah, and the Warriors are going to be... like This is their last um, home... This is their last match of the season because they're not playing in the finals and it's at home and they haven't been back at home for very long. So I expect a massive crowd and they're farewelling um, quite a few players. um, like Guys like you and Aitken are moving on. Um, Chanel uh, Tavita is um, not coming back. He's retiring at the moment, might return to footy later. So uh, Lisa Katoa, he's going as well. They've, They've got a few guys that are actually going that'll be farewelled by the Auckland crowd. So... Oh, I think that the Warriors will get up but the guy that's been on fire lately to finish up on when we're talking about uh you know bit of a shot in the dark pod vcc option oh, Rimson has been killing it now I wasn't a big fan of getting him in a month ago because of his um the way he doesn't really get too many big scores but now he's got his two biggest scores of the year in the last 3 weeks in fact his three biggest scores in a row aside from 184 point score in round 16 I mean in the last 3 weeks 111 Eighty-two and one thirty-nine, and that's four tries across that last three weeks. And he's coming up against the Warriors now. I don't really care, you know, whether the Warriors win or not. I can't see Brimson not tearing them up because number ones tear up the Warriors even when the Warriors play well. He's a real he's a real smoky for people to bring in. That's got a trade. I think it's a really good trade in this week. And he's also someone that you could slap the C on and just go complete Pod C. Yeah,
1: correct. Pretty um pretty good option.
0: So let's move on to the uh, the bit of the week for this one. You said that you like the Warriors, Andy. Dollar fifty. Oh, I think that topsport.com.au, I think that if you go there, they know what they're talking about because I was hoping that they were going to be at sort of a dollar seventy five or something. But the bookies always know, mate. Yeah, and just
1: just quickly with the team news on that. Um, interesting. There was um, it was published today where police Hass, um, Payne Hass's brother. Actually, doesn't have a passport, oh, really? so um, he's in doubt due to whether actually being able to get a passport. He's actually told one of the people that I know that he won't be travelling to New Zealand. So, um, Jared Wallace could be a smoker to make his final um, game for the Titans before he um, moves on to the Dolphins next year.
0: That probably makes sense for them anyway. Wallace has been there for a number of years now. So you'd think they'd probably want to farewell him for the last game and stuff. So it probably all works out for the Titans, but there's a, there's a good bit of mail there for young Haas. Probably not going to be there. Uh, the Dragons and the Broncos. There's a huge game for the Broncos. They've been terrible lately. Absolutely smashed last week. Lots of um divide in the dressing room by all accounts. Um, Going to be a battle to make the eight. I think that, Probably six weeks ago, Andy, people sort of looked at this and sort of thought, um, you know, it'd be good to have the Broncos at the end of this season because they're going to smash up teams like the Dragons. I don't think that they will. And it's a real hard travel for them. They don't have a great record going to Jubilee Stadium. Um, So I see this as a pretty tough game uh, for the Broncos to win. Are you seeing much movement in uh, the team sheet here? Because obviously there's rumours that Adam Reynolds might be, you know, racing the clock.
1: Yeah, well... Pretty much coming out of last week, the Broncos were pretty knocked up. So it'll be interesting to see whether Reynolds does play. You've got a as well, who went to hospital with that throat injury. Um, So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. see Also, Ma'am dropped for the first time after he making his debut. But you know, every every rookie needs to be dropped once or uh, once in their career. Also, you've got um, Cobbett coming back after he missed the game last week due to uh, fatigue.
0: yeah, that's right. And um, the other thing too, like Pat Carrigan's going to make a massive difference. So, I mean, that is one big one they're going to have in. But I just, if they're missing Adam Reynolds and they don't have MAM either because they've dropped him, I just, uh, you look at it and go, geez, I don't know where they're going to find points from because they haven't had any really anyway the last few weeks. Um, and traveling to Jubilee isn't particularly easy. So, I sort of think the Dragons have been going okay lately. Um, and If we're looking at absolute pods, you know, you look at the amount of points that the Broncos have had put on them and the fact that the Dragons are playing at Jubilee Stadium. I mentioned Ben Hunt last week. You know, he hasn't been having massive scores, but in real life he's been going really well. Uh, Still playing for a contract. Only scored 11 points last week. So there you go. What an awesome pod last week to bring up. (laughs) That's a shot in the dark. 11 points in 80 minutes for Ben Hunt against the Tigers. Absolutely awful. But he's playing his old club in the Broncos, uh, didn't get to play him in round 17. So maybe this is the one at Jubilee Stadium where he fires. He's probably the pod shot in the dark one that I'd probably throw out there for this one. Um, But my mate Moga last week was probably my favourite pod in this Dragon side. He just keeps scoring tries. And he scored another one last week. So it's four weeks in a row now. And he managed 88 points versus the Tigers coming off his 120. So he was a massive pod. Um, he's now 439,000. He went up like almost 100,000. So he's a lot more expensive. But if you do have trades left, he's still a decent shot in the dark um, later in the round to bring in. If you want to uh, get your points up, if you're having a poor round, leave your trade till later and see whether you want to go for a real high upside pod. Um, and Mogam this week might be one. So Mogus has been your or replacement, has he? Uh, was it, oh, he would have been, mate. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get him in. I've just, I've been like everyone else. I've had to the last six weeks really hold off on trading unless I had to. But um, I, I like that Andy brought that up because uh, as the listeners probably might not remember, I did bring in Ravalara at 230000 <laughs> because it was so cheap and the Dragons had such a good draw a few months ago. And then obviously he played one game for me. I benched him for two and he did his, you know, whatever it was that he did, his hamstring. He's been out forever, so... Mate, I wish I could replace Traveler with Moga right now.
1: Sorry to bring it up, everyone. Uh,
0: but no, no, you bring it up. Do you like any other supercoach options in this one before we move along? No, not
1: really. So, um, yeah, just it's, it's interesting to see how um, Patrick Carrigan affects the Broncos. It's like he's the blue that gels them, sort of thing. So, it'll be interesting to see from a supercoach point of view. I like Carrigan when he came into the league and everything like that, but he's never really had an attacking game. So as a super coach standpoint, I've sort of gone off him, but this year with Origin and everything like that and not trying to look at games super coach wise you can understand the effect that he has on a team, where he's the glue that keeps them together.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. And uh, look, he's even a bit of a smoky for this one because you've got to remember with Pat Carrigan, he... It hasn't been out because he's been injured. He's been out because he's been suspended. So it's safe to assume he's going to hit the ground running and have a big game. And it's also safe to assume that the Broncos are all going to get big minutes, right? Because they need to win this one.
1: Yeah, correct. And Carrigan's been playing training the whole way through, so no
0: issues fitness-wise. Mm, so, I mean, that's a $520,000 Smokey in the second row forward who, you know, when he's playing the big minutes, he's getting 70, 80-plus. Uh, and I think that they're going to have to play him. 65, 70 minutes at a minimum because they're going to just really need him and Payne Haas to really lead that um that pack around. So he might be a bit of an option in this one if you need a forward and you don't want to go for some of the other ones because you're guaranteed that he's going to play and then you're going to play big minutes as well. Moving along, top spot bet of the week, uh, Dragons $2.40. Um, I would like that line dragged out to plus 7.5 points and you can get that for $1.71. And I reckon that's pretty good value to have a plus seven and a half for the Dragons playing the Broncos this week. Now we have the joke of the round, Andy. Cowboys Panthers. Uh $1.11 the Cowboys now are, and the Panthers are $6.70 on top sport. So that probably gives you an indication of where things are at. We've already gone through all the Panthers changes, like they've got everybody out. Um for the Cowboys, a really interesting change of named hammer at six and drink water back at one. Do, do, are you thinking that's going to stick?
1: So so basically last week, um, in defence, Hammer played left, what I call left half-back. Whether he was half-back, eight, who knows. But the way the Cowboys set up last week, I must say I didn't watch much game, many games last week, but Drinkwater played full-back in defence, so he was pretty much playing full-back on kick returns. And when they're in defence, Hammer played left half. Um, but at times, when they had attacking ball or ball coming out of their own half, pretty much you can swap and change whether you're the player out the back that's ball playing or whether you're the you know, the runner or whatever. But Hamaso actually did play up in the front line last week in defence. So expect that to happen again this week. Interesting thing was Granville on the bench this week also with... Um, so I'll be interested to see whether he, he's been playing middle of the last few weeks when he's come on. So um, I'll be interested to see what happens with the rotation.
0: Yeah. And like this shapes is a really good super coach round that we didn't expect for the Cowboys players. Like I, I piled up on super coach for Cowboys uh, about six weeks ago or so. And um, I've gotten really good benefit of that, but I always looked at this round and went, oh, it's going to be a bit of a crap round against the Panthers, even though it's at Townsville. But now this is actually a great one because – Oh, Cowboys could win by 40 points in this one pretty comfortably. Do you, do you see the Cowboys deciding to rest any of these guys, um, particularly with the bench? Like, they've got a four-forward bench. Normally, I'd be worried as a drink water owner and super coach because you go, look, drink water, they might come off at the 50th minute even now, um, you know, if they had it in the bag because they'll rest in for finals and the hammer's on the bench. But they don't have that luxury now. But, of course, Deirdre is in the extended squad. So are you hearing anything of Deirdre coming into the 17th?
1: I haven't heard anything, but a lot will depend on um, results earlier in the round. Cowboys have a potential where, if results go earlier in the round, they may not be playing for anything, which may mean they rest a few players. Um, Could see uh, Stephen Price's son, Riley Price, who's a young middle kid, um, coming through um, the Blackhawk systems who could debut. Um, But yeah, I. It's it's an interesting matchup. Um, Panthers also um, like the looking reggies um, of Thomas Jenkins, who's been named in the Senator to make his NRA debut. Um, so that's a name to keep on, keep an eye on this weekend. Like also like the other player I said earlier on the on the um, podcast, uh, Liam Henry, who's a middle, um, who's named on the bench, and um, Eddie Blacker also. So a um, few names I, I, I know of. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Panthers.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like some of those names and I'm going to, I've thought the last couple of years too, some of those guys might fire, particularly Blacker, so I'm going to be interested to see him. But from a supercase point of view, I I just love having these Cowboys and I have to say uh, Luciano Le Lua, um, he could be someone that fires this week starting on that edge. He's now got two weeks in a row playing 80 Minutes. Mixed bag, 41, but then 73 uh, against the Warriors. And before that 73, even when he wasn't playing 80 minutes, he went for 72 and 97. So, you know, he's actually got a, th- a five-round average of 66, and that includes his 41 points last week. So against this Panther side at Townsville, he's a real smoky at 530,000. I actually really like him as a buy this week for a last-round plunge on a pod. Um, but my captain or vice-captain this week, I'm looking at some of these guys like Drinkwater and there's no way. I think that I'll have to V C Drinkwater. Um and I'm pretty set on that at the moment. And I think the drinkwater could absolutely rip apart this Panthers side. So pretty happy with that. Um not happy with Tom Malolo though, mate, because Tom Malolo still hasn't scored his try this year. This is his last chance in the regular season where he's gonna go tryless for the first time in a year.
1: All I can say is nudie run.
0: surely like this is a week look it's all shaping up as all cowboys this week um so i'm loving my cowboys and i i reckon that if you've got any cowboys in your side start to look at the vc because this next game um this next game you've got nico hines there versus knights so before we do i need to mention the fantastic sponsor of the all-stars podcast in top sport topsport.com.au you can go and jump on there and have a look they've often got best odds in market and they are 100 percent australian owned which i love you get fantastic service from them and it's not just about sport with them either they've got great service and great odds in their racing as well and look player performance markets i've spoken about it before it's a lot of fun you can bet the over and under on the point scoring uh, it's a fantasy point scoring system you can really easily see that Underneath, they've got a key that tells you what the scoring is, and it is based on the NRL statistics. So, if you go to nrl.com, uh, you can have a look at the statistics and see what it's based on and, and, and go from there. But it's based on the real game statistics NRL provides. So, player performance markets are great on Top Sport. But if you're going to jump on there, make sure you gamble responsibly. But make sure when you create an account that you use the promo code of this podcast, and that is SC All Stars, all one word. When you create an account, it'll ask if you've got a promo code, make sure you throw that in because when you do and you create that account, they'll know you're one of our listeners and they'll take great care of you. But topsport.com.au, go get on and have a look today. This one here, the, the Sharks can wrap up and get number two on the ladder. Um, they've got Matty um uh, replacing Eero on the wing. Um, Dale Fanukin's a chance to play as well. Um, for the Knights side, um, Phoenix Crossland is at 5'8 in the absence of Milford. Uh, but really, not really any super coach stocks for the Knights, um, despite the fact that Dom Young... Scored an 88 last week and ended up being pretty solid as a massive pod. Um, and Tyson Frizzell, he was the only other highlight. He, he, he updated from, like, 55 points to over 100 on the update ante. <laughs> Interesting. Um, not the only kid I've been
1: watching the last few weeks is a, a guy from Polycross Ride who's local to me, um, Kristen Youngy, Muppeyang, who's been playing in the centres. So um, I saw him when he was a kid. Um, part of the night system when I was uh, went up to watch a um, Commonwealth Bank Cup game at Holy Cross. Um, then he um, went up to the Knights and been performing, like um, Alex McKinnon said. Future looks into the 5-8 um, uh, position, but um, young kid I've always had wraps on and I'm um, looking forward to see how he goes in our roller game this week.
0: Well, the Sharks really didn't play well last week. So you'd expect them to bounce back and have a much better game. Um, the last time that they played Newcastle was earlier in the year when Newcastle were actually going well. So not a good gauge. But I think a lot of people sort of – 35% of coaches last week, Captain Nico Hines, and they were filthy with his 66. Now, 66, if that's your terrible game, it's pretty good. But um, I think we're all expecting a lot more. He really did nothing that game, though, Andy, and still scored 66. So I I think that it's a good thing because it means that maybe a few less coaches will be on Nico Hines this week as a captain. But he's playing in the perfect spot for you to be able to have a lot of BC options and to see him against the Knights. And I'm smelling a 100 plus.
1: Yeah, oh, it was interesting. As a Hines captain owner, I was on one of my messenger services last Saturday night and a message came through that he was only like on eight points. And I'm not sure whether that was before or after half time the Hines captains, I sort of just turned all the messages off and just watched the game and try and see how he went in the second half and came home with a 66. But sums up my season, Captain Hines, when he scores 66, when, you know, really a three-figure, if you want a three-figure average as a captain for the whole season, that probably sums up my super coach season.
0: Yeah, and you had Gusso there too, not to rub it in too much, but 159, that would have been a nice captaincy for you as well.
1: Yeah,
0: but he, I couldn't capture him with the Thursday night curse. No, no. First up, it's pretty tough. Um, a guy that has been going great guns for four weeks now, scored the last two weeks in a row, and another one of those edge back rowers that when they're playing the weak edges, um, it's great, and they've been playing weak edges now for four weeks. The last four weeks of games for the Sharks, St George, Tigers, Manly, Bulldogs, all very susceptible edges to give up super coach points, and edge back rower Britton Um 76, 79, 71 and 101 last week versus Dogs in a game that wasn't many points scored, 16-0, so he's uh, another one, and I've got to say, there's all these edge back rowers in this last round that all look like really good buys that could fire. Newcastle is another really weak edge. Um, if Britton just does what he's done for the last month, it's at least a 70-plus score at a minimum, and it could be more like last week's score of 100-plus points, so Really like him as a smoky in this one. Really like Nico Hines as the V C or C. Sharks are dollar twelve on top sport though, Andy. Uh, we fell into this trap last week. They're minus were minus 18 and a half against the dogs or thereabouts. And uh, I think we went for it. I think it was minus seventeen and a half. And and they didn't get there. <laughs> dollar twelve versus the knights. Do do you reckon that they can carve up? It isn't McDonald Jones Stadium. No, sharks all the way. But it was just interesting
1: what you're saying, but between the edges and the middles and so on and so forth. Just the training supercoach this year where it's obviously it's always about the fullbacks and halves and hookers and so on and so forth, but aren't the edges coming back this year in supercoach where previously you'd like to get the the middles who play big minutes, but that's very limited these days other than where you get the attacking edges who are been pretty
0: outstanding this year come coach wise yeah and i've always i've always loved the attacking edges like that's always been my bread and butter i love stacking the second row forward but the thing with this year though like i agree with you but it didn't happen at the start like so the first sort of couple of months they weren't any good so it was like oh, okay second row forward's a wasteland and this, especially this last month of footy they've all really fired and now there's heaps of options like I loved Hudson Young six weeks ago. Britton Cora the last month has been good. Even Luciano, they lure a few people jumped on the last few weeks. They all come late in the season, but it means now. Like if you had, if you had three trades left with a boost, um, you'd almost get three edge plays this week, wouldn't you? With the way the edges are going. Yeah. Well, it's it's like the way the system the season goes. Like for me personally,
1: like I got Joseph Capine when he had the buy earlier, and I sort of kept him also. And then I've also got Sean Lane who I, I got I think it was for the last buy, I'm not hundred sure. And I've sort of not with limited trades, but with trades, he's been going so well where you can't get rid of him, you have to keep him because he's just producing, producing. So yeah, just in, in the way the way the supercoach world goes, you did have different years where different positions like a few years ago it was all you had to do was to get, you know, your centre three quarters who were just outscoring everyone week after week after week sort of thing. But this year it's come back to the edges and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, it really has. Um, and then opened up well for the last game of the round, the Tigers versus the Raiders. Um, this one's at Leichhardt Oval, so it isn't the easy win that I think some people are giving the Raiders. Um, I think the Tigers could step up for this one. But, jeez, the Raiders have got some good options. Um, let's talk about the teams first of all. Um, Nick Kotrich uh, is back for Albert Hoppawati. And other than that, the Tigers side of things, James Tamal gets to return to have his last game, um, as does Ken Mamolo and Luke Garner returning. Uh, but really, there isn't any big super coach news for the Tigers. Um, are you seeing many um, late changes or anything? We do have Chan's nickel clock start in the uh, extended bench for the for the Raiders.
1: Uh, probably um, biggest exclusive I can reel to the podcast is um, Wacko Jacko, a.k.a. Andy Jacko will be in attendance for this game. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so heading out to the eighth Wonder of the World for the last game of the season of the uh, NRL two thousand and twenty two season. So, um um as a Tiger supporter I'm not looking forward to it oh sorry, let me rephrase that. I'm not looking forward to where we are at the moment, but if we um yeah, just go to the game, enjoy it, have a drink and um on my team, so hopefully one more time
0: for this season, eh? So there'll be wackos' whispers on the hill, will there, over at Leichhardt Oval? <laughs> well, I mean, mate, uh, probably, probably
1: giving it give it to give it to the referees behind um, where they run out um, in in front of the grandstand. Yeah, eh? I don't
0: think you'll be whispering over there at Leichhardt. And uh, look, I do think the Tigers actually have a chance, but when we have a look at some of the Super Coach options here, um, I'm absolutely. Uh, Petrified not to own Joseph Tapany in this one. Obviously, the Raiders need to win. They need to make sure they're going to get in into the eight. But if the Broncos lose, um, then the Broncos are going to remain in ninth spot anyway. And then the Raiders actually have nothing to play for, which I don't think that we thought of a few weeks ago. Like I thought we thought the Raiders are going to have to keep winning. If that happens, um, do you see the Raiders pulling back a little bit on this, considering they've got to go into a finals campaign and if they lose, it won't really matter to the Tigers at Lyca? Probably could be. Um, Be interested to see what happens. Like, a young young kid who's been killing it in New
1: South Wales Cup this year is Adam Matty rotter So, um, be interested to see. Hopefully, he gets another crack in the NRL after he came on a few weeks ago. Um, So... um, I, I, personally, I could see them coming back, but with the rest and a few players, if the results go their way. But, you know, like I know, Sunday afternoon, um, hopefully it's sunny. I don't want to get my umbrella out. And they're um, a ripping game.
0: Yeah, I, look, I think it will be good for the fans. Um, I will say, like, you've got the Dragons playing at a pretty good time versus the Broncos. Uh, they're playing the middle game of the Super Saturday at 530 so you do have a lot of captaincy and vice-captaincy options after that that you can change to. So I think it's lucky because if that game was before this Canberra Tigers game, you'd almost not be able to captain anyone in this game because you'd be you'd be stuck if um, maybe they got ruled out because of the Dragons upsetting the Broncos or, or, or rested or benched, something like that. Tappany could be a good captaincy option as a Smoky. Um He does only have the 100-plus score this year, though, so it would be sort of one of those safe ones. But, you know, but other than him, you know, Hudson Young, I just said 111 points last week, playing against the Tigers' edge. You know, the the, the Raiders haven't gotten to play the Tigers yet this year. Loved how Hudson Young's being scored. I can easily see him scoring a try and going 100-plus again this week, Andy. I'm sorry, but your Tigers' edges, they just leak super-coach points this year.
1: Uh, with Hudson Young, if he has a ripper of a game, it could leak to a Kangaroos um, jersey in the World Cup at the end of the year.
0: Oh, I didn't hear about that. Has is, is Mal come out with that, or is that um, if the, is that a wacko's whisper? Uh, that Mal's come out with that, too.
1: Probably, I was going through the, the World Cup squad a, a few weeks ago. They're probably looking at an edge player. Um, the only names I could come up would be, like, Hudson Young was in the media or whatever. The other one that could get a potential uh, start would be someone like Sean Lane. You know what I mean? With the... Mm. And and also looking forward to next season, it'll be interesting to see how the World Cup affects clubs next year. Say looking at everything like that, Papa Leigh is not going to be turned up to the West Tigers till probably Australia Day next year if New Zealand go through all the way to the World Cup final, which would be the end of you know summer. I'm not sure when the date is, so it'll be interesting to see what happens how the World Cup affects um, squads next year, also with pre-season training.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And it would be an interesting point too on whether, uh, like, you know, you're going to have the match fitness of playing in the World Cup matches and stuff, or whether you're going to need the, the pre-season training. Like, I tend to always think that if you play matches, it's the best way to get fit.
1: Yeah, correct. But like what you're saying there is the interesting thing, what's happening with Josh Schuster, whether he stays with Manly and tries to earn his spot at 5-8 next year with 4 and leaving or whether he goes in yeah. get the match fitness with Samoa next year and comes back a more overall well-rounded player. So we will be interesting to see what happens with him,
0: even though he said he's not going to play World Cup. Yeah, I tend to think that he needs a proper pre-season manly and to just knuckle down, but we will see. But this game as well, um, look, I'm not going to say that I'd buy him, but if you're looking at an absolute, I can't even say pod because it's worse than that. Jack White in the last two weeks has gone uh, 64 and 88. And I've just got a feeling that he's got another 88 plus sort of score coming in this one um, versus your Tigers. I just think that they're going to give up some points to the Raiders, and the Raiders got a lot of confidence from last year. But he's opposing number. Uh, Adam Dewey, Here's your shining light, Andy. He's a, the Tigers' gun that you have, probably the sole gun that you can look at as an option. He got 99 points last week against the Dragons, and I thought he was absolutely sensational. I had two. Line break, try, assist, um, had some really big plays, some really big defensive plays that don't show up on Supercoach as well. But he's only got the one tonne this year. Playing at Leichhardt Oval, 99 last week. I reckon he can go one point better this week. Well, do you, do you want to know why he scored 99
1: last week? Because I traded him out to Cody Walker. That, that how did that you I trade, been... even as a Tigers uh, fan? How did you uh, trade well, out
0: your own boy for Cody?
1: Uh, well, my theory was... Is, Walker the last few games of the season after what happened years and years ago. And I had trades. I'm going no no good on 15,000th or whatever I am or whatever, and I've sort of lost interest. But, yeah, I traded him out and he, that's what happens. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. So, um, my my pot of this game would be Jordan Rapana. Um, sort of. Oh, I like you know, that. I like a, that a lot. As, as, a, as a West Tigers person who's always... Skeptical and sort of trying against, go against the grain where you, 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 you hope the best, but you expect the worst. It's like when we had Tedesco, Moses, uh, Woods, Brooks and everyone like back whatever when we had them. You, 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 expect, you know, a grand final, but you expect the wooden spoon. So we're going to get the wooden spoon this week, uh, sorry, this year. But this weekend, my pods, Jordan Rapana, I have no idea. I might even trade him in my Supercoach team, but that's something I'll have a look at tomorrow when I get to work.
0: <laughs> well, I do like the Rapana shout, and wingers do really well against the Tigers. 120, 71, and 57 Rapana's last three weeks with tries. Uh, that's a three-round average of 83, um, but there's some not as big a scores as what you'd hope for with tries. I'll tell you someone else in the Raiders' back line, because it, like the Tigers really do struggle with the outside backs quite a bit. And somebody else in this back line for the, the Raiders that nobody ever looks at. Sebastian Chris, uh, 95 points last week with a try, uh, 67 points a week before with a double. Uh, the last couple of weeks, he's actually scored pretty well. And he has been a bit of a try score for the the Raiders. The only problem is that when he gets one, he doesn't normally score very big. But he had 98 points against the uh, the Gold Coast Titans in around 20 as well. So he does have those 90s in him, and he does have those big games against weak outside backs. So... I couldn't possibly say that he's even a pod that you could buy, but you know, if you want to do some weird, wonderful things in the last round and you like, this is a round to do it. Sebastian, Chris is one of those ones.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like we are talking about, I'm I'm just, sometimes you think about last rounds over the years you've played super coach. And from what I can remember, and it may be an issue through, you know, rounds during the season, but, I also I like the Thursday night curse, right? Sometimes you get a player who scores or a super coach relevant player who scores very, very well in always the last game of the round. So you you never know. Joseph Tapine might be the smoky captain for the weekend who plays against the Tigers, depending on results earlier, definitely plays, but might crack that Wine break and try and cracks 120 for a 124 weekend and comes home with a wet sail, and someone might win their. You know, not saying they're going to win Supercoach this year over Jeff, Joseph Wine, fine captain, but you never know.
0: Yeah, the only thing I'd say is um, in, these, in these later games, like the Raiders game in particular, even if they need to win the game, um, it is the type of game that they, that they might be up by a lot of points. And if they are, it's really risky to have forwards as your captains because they're going to get rested. Like in the last 30 minutes, if the game's out of reach for the Tigers, really, uh, if that happens, I could see Tappany being on the bench and not coming back on. Um, is another one. Uh, And even a Hudson Young, like you could see Ricky just go full on, you know, Hudson Young's been one of their best forwards or arguably their best one behind Tappany. He just goes, you know what? I'm going to take him off at the 60 minute mark and give him a rest and we'll put someone else on the edge. And they could easily just do something weird like that. Um, that's, I think, the risk with the captains of the the forwards for supercoach in these later rounds. Um, when the games are out of hand, you might see them play less minutes.
1: Yeah, potentially. But where I'm positioned, I don't sort of shot at the dartboard. 190
0: <laughs> it scares me, not only Big Joe, mate. So you could be onto it. I could see. Look, he had a game. Um, oh, what was it? Oh, it? It was. It might have been um, against the Gold Coast Titans, where he had he had like seventy five points in like twenty five minutes. Anyway, so it really didn't matter what happened afterwards.
1: Yeah, but he's a sort of player. Well, I'm not sure what's with him, but he's he, he just seems to score very. Points quickly.
0: Yeah, he can. He can score in bunches. Um, but you know that is the last round of forty-four Supercoach. I do need to look at the top sport bet of the week for this one. Canberra Raiders a dollar twenty-seven on Top Sport, only minus twelve and a half. But it is a like card, so I do think it will be a bit uh, tougher for him. But if you want to go the try scorers, you know Andy mentioned uh, Rappena. He's a dollar sixty-seven, which is really good value. Sebastian Chris is a Smoky, two dollars twenty. And he scored the last couple of weeks in a row. uh, Three tries, actually, the last couple of weeks. So great odds on topsport.com.au. But Wacko Jacko appearance on the NRL All-Stars podcast. Andy, it has been fabulous. Thank you for jumping on. It's been really great chatting footy with the late male guru. You are the best in the late male game. Um, And even though you're 15,000 in super coach, buddy, I still reckon you're pretty good at that too. So I appreciate you coming on.
1: All good, mate. Um, how about we make a deal where I come back on pre-season and give it a few little spoilers for the year to come next year?
0: Well, I would absolutely love that. And, look, we do have um, the and Footy podcast that's still going too, so you're welcome to jump on board during the semi-finals and stuff as well and maybe even the World Cup. So definitely let me know, mate. You can make some appearances, but I'm all keen for that one down the track. All good, mate. Appreciate for having me. Good luck to everyone over the weekend, eh? Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Uh, you can download on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, as well as Audible and Amazon. And you can follow us on Twitter, nrl underscore sc underscore all stars. And also, when you do jump on topsport.com.au, don't forget your promo code for this podcast when you create an account. That is sc all all one word. It is the last round of Supercoach. It's not the last Supercoach episode, so don't panic. NRL All-Stars will be back with a Supercoach episode next week again. Billy's going to be on board, and we're going to review the Supercoach season. So it isn't goodbye. It is just I'll see you soon after the last round of footy, and we'll chat again then. Hey, now, you're an All-Star. Get your game on, go play. Hey, now, you're a rock
1: star. Get the show on, get paid.